The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Welcome. I just screamed. Sorry to UFC Unfiltered. I, I have a new box I'm going to be using too. So if my audio has been a little bit off, my apologies. It's first of all before I say hello to Matt, we have Scott Nelson in today. Uh, he's the owner of uh, Lucky Gee. We also have Anthony Pettis. We also have Wonder Boy. And uh, special thanks to Forrest Griffin uh, for coming on Monday. What a fun episode! What are you? Wait, wait, wait no, you know what? Redo that. Wait, Not a fun that, episode. Wait. Terrible. Missed Matt. Oh. Can I can I tell you I, I I listened in a little bit oh. and I, I shut it right off because I felt like a cuck. No, no. While you were off with your like fancy new friends, while you're hanging out with Bisping and DC Listen, and all you know, these, double, cha- you know, two time champ, double champ, and, and Michael Bisping, yeah, legend and warrior, John Anik, and Anik, of course. John Anik's a great man. He is. So you listen. I was hanging out with my new friends, and you were hanging out with Forrest Griffin, who I do like. Yeah, I like Forrest. He did way too good of a job on that episode, though. In other words, I know he's great. You know, not he's pronouncing everything right. He's fucking. <laughs> I'm listening to this. You guys are chuckling about some shit. I wasn't too crazy about it, to be honest. With well, you. I'll be honest. We were both just faking it and missing you. You know, way way too good at chemistry. You know, right? I mean, is that the first time you guys worked together? I mean, yeah, but it felt like forever. It just felt like an old shoe as, that you put on. Was it as? Was, did you have fun? Like we have fun? Like, like no. Every, like, okay. No. Did not. Mm. And I liked. I thought it was very cute. The video wow. on your Instagram of your wife and daughters when you were hugging. Uh, was that oh, all you guys? Were, was that <laughs> my, my wife took the video no, of you hugging your daughters? Yeah, it was very yeah, very yeah, cute. Yeah, they greet me at the door. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> three little minions. It's cute. You yeah, know? you looked very happy hey, to be home. Oh well, listen, I am. You know what I did when I left, when I went in Vegas? I'm a wild man in Vegas. You know, I'm going to tell you exactly what I did because I'm not ashamed of it. I'm not ashamed of being who I am because you got to, you got to balance out life. Sometimes yes, you, you do. Life. So you know what I did? 
I packed on my carry-on, my Oculus Quest 2. Can you do that on a plane? <sighs> Absolutely not. And I'm not a freak. I'm not going to put that on my face. <laughs> but this is what I will do when I got to the Four Seasons. Uh... Well, first, I hit the dispensary because I got arthritis. And they know me there. The kid there, Louis. Sure nice, nice kid. Pothead. Nice kid. Excited to see me. No, you <laughs> You used to treat me like a former champion. We're so comfortable now. You just abuse me. I love you. <laughs> but anyway, I go there for my medicine. And then I go to the Four Seasons. And I, then I had to do a test to you know, make sure I don't get the COVID. I don't have the sure. COVID. So I'm quarantined. I'm quarantined, Jimmy. So listen. There's only so many push-ups you could do. Right. But I don't know what I do. I, this is a game. You should get this call. You should get it. It's called Title Fight or something like that. I think it's called Title Fight. And it's, it's I'm telling you, I feel like I'm back sparring again yeah. in the VR. Oh, shit. I put things on the 38th floor. I put stuff in front of the window in case I got close. Because, God, Jimmy, that's a, that'd be a sad way to go. Well, don't you all, set up the room first? I, don't, I mean, I always set I up my room. set up the perimeter. Just, the just like you do at home. Yeah. You'd make your little perimeter. But, you know, I can go buck wild. You know what I'm saying? Do you? you know, I'm my pop one, I go nutty. But anyway, enough of my way, my crazy adventures in Vegas. Because I can talk about that all day. I get nauseous. I, w- I was in uh, Oculus Quest 2 last night. I love mission, um, ISS mission, the space mission, where you can go outside the spaceship. That's phenomenal. Oh, my goodness. What is that? Dude, you should take it. It literally feels like you're floating outside a spaceship. And it makes me nauseous, though, the floating and the movement. Like, I got to really get used to the Oculus. The movement makes me sick. It's fun. It's so much fun. Jimmy, there's a game called Onward, which is like a tactical, like, military game. So much fun. It's so much fun. Oh, yeah. It's like sometimes you play EVAC where you got to hold off the enemies until the chopper comes. You got to make it to the chopper. And if they shoot you, my little bird, I got a little needle. I can stick you and you come back to life. Let's talk some MMA. Anthony's always looked, I wish I had Anthony's style. Look how slick he looks, always. He's always looking like he, he could do like a shoot or something. What's up, guys? Hi, buddy. You just born with this style? I mean, shit, man. I'm a little bit older, but my wife basically dresses me. Then I'm going to have to hold this because uh, my little setup doesn't allow that. that oh, boom. You got to do what I do. You get like a like a, a paper towel holder and just prop it up. Yeah, there you go. Let me, let me find something right quick. Go ahead, man. We're easy. Yeah. <laughs> Where are you now? You're in Vegas now. Yeah, yeah, I'm at the uh, I'm at the fights. Uh, they got us in quarantine at this hotel. What have you done to keep busy in quarantine? Everybody's probably finding something that they do. Like, what have you done just to keep yourself going crazy? Man, I just got here actually, so um, I, I didn't get in until late last night, and uh, we had a training session, and just woke up this morning, and now I get to see you guys. <laughs> oh, okay, we're like the first thing you're doing. Is is there anything, yeah. any new habits you've developed in quarantine? Like, is there anything that you're watching? Or yeah, doing? man. Honestly, reading. I've been doing a lot of reading on uh, just um, I was introduced to a sports psychologist as like last year, man. And just like on that journey of just mental, mental uh, awareness and being present and all that stuff. So I've been reading a lot of books about just that kind of topics. Oh, okay. About focusing and, and being in the now. Yeah. Oh, okay. Being in the now. Exactly. Talk about using your time like in, uh, productively. Like personally, I, when you said that about that, Jimmy, about what are you doing in quarantine? I was about to say, yo, Anthony, I don't know if you're into video games, but you got to get that Oculus Quest too. You can be sitting here <laughs> playing games. Meanwhile, he's bettering himself, Jimmy. He's bettering himself by reading. Yeah. I was in Vegas for the last four days with that fucking thing on and I'm in the thing. I had so much fun. Not well, listen, I got better at my game I'm playing. I got some, I murked some fools, but 
I didn't better <laughs> myself like like Anthony's doing. Hell yeah. <laughs> is reading for you like here's my problem with reading because I've read like one book in quarantine. I'm almost finished. Is uh, I, my mind with with the, with like texting and the internet has gotten so like like I can't focus. So I'm trying to make myself focus to read because you really have to stop turn your brain off to read a little bit and, and not click click click. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. No, I don't, I don't read paperback books. I use the Audible app. So, I mean, I, reading is like more listening for me. If I read a book, like I, I try to read these books at night. It's more to fall asleep. But uh, the Audible app is what I've been, I've been getting after, man. So, like just a bunch of titles on uh, Audible and, and just listening to these, these uh, concepts and these like just, just, just that journey alone, man. It's crazy. And you're getting it. It's the same as reading. There's no difference. I mean, you are getting yeah. it. it. It is like reading. Do you do, will you do that while you're on the treadmill or the bike or do you just kind of sit and just lay there and, and listen, or will you do other things too? All of it, yeah, all of it, bro. When I'm running, when I'm uh, when I'm when I'm just chilling, laying down. When I when I have free time, especially right now in this hotel, I'm alone. So I have just been like having it on blast right now, just listening to man these concepts of just uh, mental awareness, and it's, it's just it's just crazy, bro. Like um, it's a deep journey. Once you get on it, you know, you, once you learn a little bit about it, you just get addicted, and you want to learn more and hear other perspectives. And uh, you know, I, I've, I'm I'm pretty deep on it. But this this year, I've I probably read about 20, 22 books. I think I'm on right now wow. in the Audible app. Do you do like um, Tony Robbins type things, or I've done Tony as well. Yeah, Tony's a Tony's a couple of the titles like Awakening the Giant Within. That's, yeah. that's one of the titles. I kind of find a a top, well, my topic is is being being present. You know, what I'm saying like my my sports psychologist was like going. We went through all my old fights, and we went through like all my 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 success in my career, my lows, my highs, and uh, we went back and like really thought about the feelings attached to them and I never did that before I went back I'm like yo how did I feel in that fight what what emotions were going through me in that in that round in that training camp and then you know when you can attach when you can be aware of your emotions before you make a decision I thought that's when you're the most present and that's what I've been focusing on is being being able to feel a feel a feeling whether it's a you know uh, anxiety depression um excitement you know it's like where did it come from not judging myself on the decision, like more of curiosity and then like assessing where I'm going after that with, from a, a, a point of values, not just like reacting like, you know, if I get pissed off, a quick reaction that like somebody else passed down to me, a perspective that was given to me from years and years of programming. Um, you know, it's just, it's breaking that right now. So uh, it's crazy, man, once you get on that path. What, and have you, uh, what, what's a sign for you that you're not present? Like, is there something that you'll do and go, oh shit, I'm not present because I'm doing and this? So much shit, you know, like the best thing to explain it is like, let's say, you know, when you're driving your car and you're, you're texting and you're calling phone calls or drinking your coffee, you know how to turn your blinker on and shit. Like you're, you're like 30 years old is when your body becomes more programmed than your brain. You know, like you're, you're just going through the emotions of life because you're so used to sleeping on one side of the bed, waking up, brushing your teeth. Uh, do it. Like for me, I have a, I have a routine in the morning and I have a routine in my life. So once you're, once you're not conscious of that routine, you're kind of, uh, you're, you're, you're not living, you're not, you're not present in the, in the moments. And then I, and then you, you know, take that further into my, my fighting career, my family, um, you know, my fiance, if she you know, pisses me off and I, I get a certain emotion, I'm like, I react in these, these, these emotions that I've done for so long. And I'm just like, not really being able to, to recognize that. But now I have the ability like to calm myself down, look at like, why did I feel that way? And then I judge myself more from a point of like curiosity. Like, and then you put that into fighting and it's just like a whole nother toolbox. That's true, because it's so important to stay in the moment and fighting. Definitely. Yeah, Definitely, I remember man. hearing things back with Tony Robinson, and and uh, it would really, it would really make like some of the stuff he would say. It just made sense about like there's like the, you ever hear? He, I'm gonna, I don't, I'm gonna, I'm gonna screw it up massively. <laughs> but Jimmy, get ready for this. No, but I remember one thing where he's like, you know, 
he's ever, I'm paraphrasing, but he's like, you ever see like a crash and on this, on a, like a, on like a long road and there's only one tree on that road and there's a, the guy gets into a crash and it happens to hit that tree because they, I'm going to fuck it up. But he's like, you know, because what happens is when the car gets out of control, they're concentrating. I can't hit that tree. I can't hit that tree. So you're concentrating. It's actually bringing you towards it. Something like that, where instead of concentrating on going with the swerve and I don't know, uh, basically, Jimmy, I read, we got to delete that out. We're running into the obstacles of focusing on. Yes, you're focusing on the fucking negative, on the tree, instead of focusing on getting yourself out of the situation. So I don't know. That's stuff yeah, like that. I used to hear shit like that. And I'm like, like oh. perspective, just like a different perspective of this, to a situation. You know, I've been doing this, this is my. Man, 11, this is my 14th year professional in mixed martial arts, uh, 11 and a half with the UFC. So I feel like I've been in the spotlight. I grew up in the spotlight, you know, I've been yeah. a UFC champ, D champ. Um, and I never had the chance to actually dig deep into that mental side, man. Like I've been so like physically blessed and like my, 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 my performances in the octagon has been amazing. You know, I never had that chance to like sit down and decompress. You know, what's funny. They make every, this the last, that kick by um, uh, Buckley. Yeah, Buckley, yeah, yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, One of the most amazing knockouts ever. But close. I mean, listen, Anthony. Besides, you know, being a champion, being the first fighter on a Wheaties box, mixed martial arts on a Wheaties box. He, um, his kick versus the the Matrix kick. What are they calling it? They probably call it the tennis kick. kick. What is it? Showtime, Showtime. kick. Showtime. Showtime. Yeah. When he did with Ben Henderson. That's that is that's. I mean, shit, man. When at, at the time, it's still amazing because when yeah, Anthony right. fights, you always see that highlight again. But that's one of the most amazing things I ever seen in my life. When that Crazy. landed like that, days, ten years, exactly to the day. Get the today, fuck yeah. hey, ten years, bro. I'm like, whoa, uh, that's it. Makes me feel old. <laughs> I think that hit me hard too, right there. Ten years. Well, it's yeah, weird. That was yesterday. That I came feel like out. I've been watching you forever too, and it's like, like so you know, you're only 33. You're still a young guy. And I'm like, yeah. I'm, I've been aware of you for so many years. It's crazy. Like, he's only 33 years old. That's, you know, again, the beauty of starting so young. For sure, man. I've been in this game a while, bro. And like I, was, like I said, I was blessed with, like, these physical abilities to do, like, amazing things like that that, that sparked my name up. And then, um, you know, when I sat down with this, like, sports psychologist, we actually got to decompress and, like, dig back into those fights. And, man, it's, it's amazing. Definitely blessed. What made you do that? What made you go like, you know what? I want to talk to a sports psychologist. Was there like a, a catalyst or did it, what did you do by accidentally back into it or how did it happen? A little bit of both. My fiance was always pushing it on me. She has a degree in like uh, uh, psychology. So she's always like pushing my buttons and like being a little bit better than arguing than I am. Um, so then like, you know, she was, she was like telling me, I should, I should check out that, that, that Avenue and see if it's something that would help me. And I was totally against it, man. Like my dad, was like the man's man you know like when he died i was 16 years old and like i remember him as like the, the, that dude that no no one wanted to mess with like he didn't need help he didn't need like assistance he was always in street fights and he lived a street life and then um that's kind of my that was my persona like when i went after 16 you know i was like yo i'm gonna be the man's man i'm gonna be my own man um so like i never would ask for help i wouldn't cry like in public like shit like that um and then you know the first meeting with this dude, bro, I was bawling. Like, and it wasn't even like some sad shit. It was just like, like recognizing a different perspective of my life. And it's just like, man, it's powerful stuff. Yeah, being a man's man, you know, it's funny. Like the World War II veterans, they talked to a lot of those guys and they said the one thing they wish, a lot of them, is that they could have talked about what they saw. Like they had all these horrible experiences, but back in those days you came back and I hey, shut up, go to work. Nobody talked about it. 
And uh, it really tortured those guys that they couldn't get that stuff out. So it's really, it's healthy to talk about it. Man, it's pretty similar in the fight world, honestly. Like, you can't be looked on as a, as a soft dude or, like, you have a chink in your armor because, you know, the world's watching. You know? and, and we get so many opinions that, you know, if we fight on Saturday, Sunday, we have a million messages on our Instagram and Twitter. And, like, if you have a shitty performance, you know, you suck at wrestling, you suck at striking, or you suck at – and it, it takes a, a strong individual to be able to filter those and be like, all right, I'm not going to let my thoughts get – you know, like what Matt, Matt was talking about, feeding that 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 evil side, that fucking negative side, and uh, you know, I, I kind of I'm getting the ability to do that, man. Like where I hear something, and I don't let it like take me off on a two-hour you know mind fuck, where I, I can actually pull myself back and be like, all right, I heard that, I can take, you know, I can hear it from a, a point of curiosity and not judgment, and uh, you know, continue on with what's going to make me better. And I've been using that in my in the practice room, and that's where I feel feel the most growth. Like I feel like my career plateaued as far as like getting better um, in the last couple of years, and it mostly was because I wasn't present on on my training sessions. You know, I was like doing shit that I thought I already knew how to do. And then when I train with Duke right now, I'm just like, man, like if I hear a negative comment or I hear even some even most negative comments come from myself. You know, it's like something I tell myself, and all of a sudden my mind's gone for 20 minutes, and I'm like, oh shit, let me bring myself back. Now I have the ability to like bring that back in the first minute. You know, if I, if I have a thought, I don't let that mind wander and go crazy and like miss out on what's going on in front of me. I pull myself back and then I'm, I'm able to, to gain what I'm supposed to get from that practice. You know, what's interesting too. You said something about the body and driving and like, you're not paying attention. You're just kind of like hitting a directional. I've been driving. I never should text and drive, but I've done it like an ass and I've really <laughs> been texting and I realized, oh my, how long since I looked at the road? Like you realize you are looking at the road. Like that's what I, that's the best the best way to talk about that, man. Because I know everybody shouldn't do it, but we do. Like who the fuck was driving for the last ten minutes? Yeah, it's a peripheral thing. You're seeing it, so you are actually <laughs> looking, but you're not driving as effectively. But I realize I don't even realize I'm seeing the road as I'm texting. Like that's how kind of distracted I am. My body's just kind of in automatic mode. Yeah, and like when, once your body takes over, and that happens in fighting, you know, once your body takes over and your brain isn't present in these moments, because you've done it so many times. I've done a jab, a cross, a hook so many times that you you just like your body just goes into them automatic moments. But that's not where you can get in that state of flow. And if you watch my old performances, man, like I was in this this, this zone. Like people call it like on fire. And I was in that, I, my mind was working and my body was reacting to my mind, not vice versa. My body wasn't in control. My mind wasn't present. Yeah. Is there a moment in, in fighting? I'm sure every loss is painful or sucks shit. or however it, it feels. But is there one that got to you to a point where you're like, I have to do something like this one affected me differently? Um, man, all of them, honestly, like every every fight's the biggest fight in your career in the UFC. And you know, everybody's watching. Everybody's tough in this in this sport. There's no easy fights. Um, some people aren't well known as others, but there's no easy fights in this sport. Right. Um, so, you know, when, when you uh, when you get a loss, like there's two ways it can go. You know, you, you get a loss, you get depressed or you can get better. Like depression comes with the. Uh, the comments and all the the, uh, the judgment that comes with you from a loss. You know, people are, are assholes pretty much. Um, and you have to be a strong individual to be able to filter that. You know, take take see what they're saying, but don't judge yourself on that. Because when you judge yourself on that, that's when you get down that wrong path. And like, man, you know, for me, I, I've, I've done some dumb shit. You know, after some losses, I, I've, I've been unpresent for a couple months at a time. You know, get fat. You see fighters, man. You see fighters get fat. And that's not that's not them celebrating a win or, 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 or eating sorrow and losses. That's depression, man. Like they get in these depressed states where they, they're eating because they're trying to fulfill something that they didn't do in their fight. And then you get another training camp and now it's a chance to reset it. And you kind of just live this like roller coaster life of, of, you know, training camp, not training camp, training camp, not training camp. And the habits that you put into the not training camp is the, 
the scariest part of it all. Because, like, everybody, I think, trains really hard if you're in the UFC. You're cutting weight. You're doing all the things you have to do. But when you're not, you don't have a fight in, in your plate and you don't have somebody that you're thinking about, you know, 24-7, them decisions better have some values behind it or it's going to take you away from your goal. You know what's going to be very odd for you uh, eventually because you've been competing for so long is when you do, and, and you're still young as hell, so many years from now, whenever you plan on doing it, when you finally stop competing and fighting, it's going to be that six-month mark afterwards when there's no, all right, now there's no other fight coming. There's, that's going to be weird. That was weird for me, and I didn't, you fight longer than me. So it was one of those things where it's like, wait, this I have, I'm supposed to be doing something now. I suppose, you know what I mean? Yeah, bro. What do you plan on? Do you, you plan on like 10 years from now? What you, or less, what do you plan on doing after this? Well, man, actually, I have a lot of businesses that I already like partake in, man. I, I, have, I, own, I own a barbershop my whole, my whole life, pretty much my career. I own two gyms. Um, I, I uh, had a sports bar. I mean, I have a lot of businesses that I was like into now, but I just started my own management company. Showtime Sports Group that I'm, I'm taking. I, I just signed 80 fighters at all different levels. Oh. Um, I'm taking these guys from um, pretty much, you know, I, we have a developmental team, the guys that really want to want this, like, you know, they, they, they don't have the skill set yet, but they really want this. So I got guys moving from, from all over the U.S. to Milwaukee. I just did a combine and I had uh, 150 guys show up from, and I had to cut it short because it was coronavirus. So 150 yeah. guys showed up, um, about 100 of them, 80 of them got contracts. We signed about 80 guys um, to a new developmental you know, fight team. My, my goal with this isn't to like take talent from that other managers and, and gyms. It's, you know, bringing my guys in like, cause we already have the system at Rufus Sport and we have a great gym. We have Duke as a head coach. I have myself with so much experience, but more of making these guys part of a fight family where I'm going to give them like, you know, the financial advice that I wish I would have had when I first started the, uh, the mindset shit that I'm the journey I'm on now, the uh, obviously the training, the world-class training that Duke comes with, but um. And then we have, we have in jobs, housing, you know, everything in Milwaukee that I have access to, I'm just putting it together and, and making uh, opportunity for guys that, that otherwise wouldn't have it, man. So you know, I got guys from Kentucky, New York, Philly. I mean, they all came, Texas, uh, California, moving to Wisconsin to you know, pursue their dreams. And, uh, you know, I'm just making it an easy way for them to do it. What do you wish somebody would have told you financially early? Because uh, a lot of guys, young guys make money. Did you spend it too much or do you wish you would have invested it? Or what do, what do you think that you should have done a little bit better? Oh man, all of that, bro. Like honestly, being aware of it. If you don't, if you don't know the game of money and you don't understand how investments work and how taxes work and how uh, how to set up your own, L I mean, going to the basics, setting up your LLC, paying yourself a salary. If you don't understand that, no one ever tells you that. Um, you're kind of just it's a, it's a blind eye to that, you know. And then all of a sudden, you know, two three years later, it comes down, the IRS is knocking at your door, and you're like, oh shit, you know, I should have paid them taxes or set up yeah. myself differently. So, uh, you know, for me, I'm going to I'm gonna teach these guys right from the ground up. Like, this is how you set up your LLC. This is how you pay yourself a salary. This is how taxes, this is how your accounts should go. This is your, your private account to pay your taxes, your personal account to live your life. Um, biggest thing is lifestyle. I think, you know, when, when I got thrown into the, the, the limelight, I thought I was supposed to do certain things, like buy this and do drive this car and have this house. Um, the quality of life doesn't really represent your quantity of life. And, and if you, them two don't go together, that's when you get in a bad situation. So teaching them guys that, you know, that young and, and, you know, but one big thing I'm doing with my fighters is bringing in other talent, like other fighters, other coaches that have perspectives different than mine, different than my coaches. We're all do we do Zoom meetings together and they get different perspectives of the fight game and, and careers. And, Cause my, my career is definitely a, a, a different career, you know, like besides my little brother, um, you know, he's been fighting eight years now and I think, you know, he's 27. So I think he will be, let, he better be in this game for that long. Most guys don't get blessed to be in the game this long. You know, I'm, I'm going in my 12th year with, with Zufa. 
Um, so these guys got to learn this quick. So when their five years stint comes up, or hopefully it's 11 years, they make the right decisions during that time. Man, you got your stuff together, Anthony Pettis. Appreciate it, bro. Yeah, you do. You, I, I don't worry about this this kid, Jimmy. Yeah. He's got his stuff together. Oh, yeah. And, and by the way, you are fighting this Saturday. So we should probably promote the fact uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that you that you are uh, uh, you're fighting Moreno on the main card. Nice. Great card. It, it's an incredible card. And uh, isn't it crazy with, with the whole pandemic, the, how much, how many fights are changing in last minute uh, you know, like Bala Muhammad had to drop out. So many things are switching and opportunities are presenting themselves. I think it's a good time to be a fighter who's healthy because there's a lot of ways to wind up getting further than there probably normally would have been. Most definitely, man. I mean, I tell that all my guys, stay ready because opportunities are popping up like like crazy, you know. Like, um, you know, Bilal is my, one of my old teammates. Well, he still is my teammate, but he went back to Chicago because of, you know, the coronavirus and shit that's going on there. Um, he hit me up. We have the same nutritionist, and he's like, man, Bilal, Bilal tested for COVID, you know, on Monday morning before the fight. And uh, he's such a good guy because, like, you know, he's like, you know, it's, it's all, it's, it's not, it's, it's, it's God's plan pretty much. You know, it's not, it's not my, it's, it's, it's out of my hands. I'm like, bro, if that was me, that full training camp, I would have been pissed. But, like, to see guys' perspectives like that, man, kind of changed uh, how I think about the game. And I'm blessed to be part of this card. Like, you know, people are asking me about the main card. Man, I'm blessed to be on the main card. I'm blessed to be taking part of this, uh, this, this great uh our sport man like to be to be in this present moment you know i just walked past uh, morano when uh we uh, were doing our autograph sign our poster signings you know i'm like hey good luck bro like like that that animosity part of of, of the way i used to uh, approach fighting where i'm like yo i'm gonna fuck this guy up i kind of i put that to the back burner and obviously i'm gonna do my my job in the octagon but like we're, we're all athletes and we should be building each other up we should be helping each other out we should be help we should be uh making our careers together grow um you know opposed to like trying to cut someone down so i think that perspective changed on me and that's kind of why i started my my, my my management company i'm like yo i want to help these guys get to the top of this thing yeah you're smart man and you're also looking into the future but you know again like matt said eight nine whatever it is you, you have plenty of time but it's smart to do this stuff now and have these other businesses and it's like it's a this way you have a full life when you're when you're finished and a lot of guys panic at the end um, I, I think you're a very smart dude, so I'm, I'm, I'm happy that you're doing as well as you're doing. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. I think, uh, you know, I was definitely blessed with some great opportunities. I just feel like I, I have all the pieces to most of the puzzles. I just got to put them together the right way and, and keep, keep true to what, I, what, I, what I'm saying right now. You know, I want to make this about a fight family and make this about getting guys better and not about that. Like most managers and, and, and agents, you know, they're looking for that dollar and they're looking for that quick fix. And I don't want, I don't want that part of this, this, this culture. I want to I wanna show these fighters a better way. I'll tell you, Anthony, <clears throat> I'm a bald man and I, and I enjoy that, but I miss, I miss hanging out at the barbershop. I'd go there when I get my fade money. I'd go every week. I get my money fade, you know, yeah. and the tight, see my buddy Dex, we shoot the shit. They had the music on, the videos going. I miss that shit. I can't go. What am I going to do now? Shave my head? Well, you got that what beard, they- bro. They got that beard lined up now. You can get that thing crispy. They could do that, right? And I was never a facial hair guy. Yeah, I'm just yeah. landscaping myself. This is uh this is the new era, man. Beards are beards are in. I can't grow beards, so I've been trying my whole my whole oh, life shit. to grow a beard. But uh yeah, that, that's the, a great way to get to the barbershop. But do you cut hair too, or do you just own the barbershop? I just own the barbershop, and I grew up with a lot of my friends are barbers, right? So like I, I always told them when I when I made it or I actually got got some money i would open a barbershop up and i, I stayed true to my word showtime barbershops been in milwaukee for this is our ninth year in business now so we've been we've been there for a long time 
um, you know, all, most of the barbers in there are my, my old friends and guys that I grew up with. Um, and uh, it's just a great environment, man. Like, we do a lot of charity stuff, too, out of the barbershop. We give, we give free haircuts to kids that, that bring good report cards, backpack drives. Like, just kind of a way to, for me to stay in the community and, you know, where I grew up at, get back a little bit. This is Davidson Figueredo. Wasn't he a hairdresser? There's a, yeah. I think he's the only fighter. Yeah. I don't think he was a barber. I think it was, like, a real hairdresser. Yeah. Like, he was, like. Was doing the dyes and doing the yeah that's that's where the real money's at you know that the barber the barber shop you get you know thirty bucks a haircut you know maybe fifty on the high end them hairdressers bro them them bills come out to some crazy amounts hundreds of, money. of dollars yeah hundreds yeah yeah well listen have a hey, oh, sorry uh, go ahead back I was gonna say really quick did you see uh Cub Swanson's fight over the weekend man it looked amazing bro Club that was a great fight Cub is uh, one of them guys bro I'm always in his corner bro like I train with him out in Albuquerque he's got legit jujitsu um great striking um I think again like, another thing like Cub is like to put that all that together in his mind again getting that mind back right and getting that confidence right and uh once that's all flowing on the same page man he's kind of an un unstoppable dude that was so much fun that fight I mean Pineda was taking that leg and and, and uh it was like Cub was out to the out of range and then stepping in like pot shotting him whack with some you know with yeah. that right hand and Change. It was beautiful. Pole, Orthodox. I think that's the new the new era of uh, MMA, man. It's not having one structured stance. Man, fighting both stances, adjust, apply. Yeah. Um, so much crazy shit happens in these fights. Yeah. Plus, with happy. leg kicks, it, it helps to be able to do that too, because now that everybody is going for the calf, uh, you know, switching stances certainly helps. Yeah, it's crazy that calf kick coming so popular. I mean, like we're, traditional Muay Thai, like it's such an easy, easy kick to check. But once you adjust to that MMA stance, when you're looking for takedowns and obviously all the other stuff that comes with mixed martial arts, it's actually open target. Yeah, and, and he mentioned Cub mentioned the uh, interest in legends fights, like uh, like involving you, Uriah Faber, Jose Aldo. What do you think of that? Or you think he's? I mean, listen, you're a young guy still. So that doesn't mean you're, that's not an old guy's league, but he did mention like a legends fights, guys that have been around. What do yeah. you think of that? What do you Man, think? I think uh, honestly, that's that's them, them guys have huge names. I mean, like Cubs, Swans, yeah. you're our favorite. These are guys people know because they've been around so long, they've been exposed to a lot of fans. Um, I, I'd love to take part of something like that, bro. I feel like uh, I'm probably on the younger end of the, the legends fights, but uh, hey, I am a legend, I think, and I've, I've been around for a long time, I've been, I've been fighting for a long time, so I mean, I'm open to all that stuff. Awesome. Man. Well, have a great fight on Saturday, man. We always enjoy talking to you, and uh, I'm, it's really interesting to hear your perspective on this other stuff, too. So thank you. Appreciate it, guys. Have a good one. All right, Anthony. Take care. Be good. All right, man. All right, don't take care. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com, to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed.
This episode of UFC Unfiltered is brought to you by P3, the official protein snack of the UFC. P3 portable protein packs are a savory and crunchy combination of three dynamic sources of protein from meat, cheese, and nuts. Each P3 pack contains up to 13 grams of protein, and they come in great tasting combinations like turkey, almond, and Colby Jack. P3, three dynamic ways to fuel your day with protein-packed meat, cheese, and nuts, because three is better than one. There he is. What's there up, guys? Is. Hey, buddy. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. Perfect. Wonderboy. My brothers. I like your hair, yeah. Wonder Boy. Oh, thank you. Thank you. You know, I wake up with it like this every morning. It's just I wake up and it's already done. It's perfect. Is that, is that <laughs> gel? Or is that, do they still have moose? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. That Dapper Dan. I'm a, I'm a Dapper Dan, man. What made you do it? Were you just sick of having to worry about all of it? Or you just did it once and you're like, yeah, I like it. Yeah, it was like... Uh, I think I did it once and then and then now everybody knows like I, I can have my hair in a different style and nobody recognize me. But then I, if I have it up like this, everybody's like, oh that's Wonder Boy, what's up? It's crazy how people know you by your hair. Yeah. <laughs> or lack of. Or lack of. Yeah, exactly who you're talking to, the two of us. Or the lack of. Wow. Yeah. Hey, way to way to depress us. What have you done? We just talked to Anthony Pettis about like new habits and stuff during this whole pandemic. Like Everyone has had to adjust a little bit. Is there anything you're doing now that you weren't doing before or things you've had more time for? Since you can't even just go out to dinner and do stuff we would normally do. Yeah, I mean, at this point, it's just, you know, weekends and things like that, just sitting around the house watching. I, I've never actually sat down and binged to watch anything. Right. And now I find myself doing that. You what know are you what watching? I'm, like, I'm, 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 the, I'm the, type of, the type of guy that can't, I don't just sit around the house. I got to be doing something. But now yeah. I'm just sitting around the house binge watching stuff. Well, tell us. What are you watching? Tell us what you're watching. You like uh, that. Well, first I did The Mandalorian. I don't know if you guys seen that yet. I have Sick. not. Hit, loved it. Hit the applause button. Hit the goddamn applause button, I have Jimmy. not seen it. We don't have one. We're just clap. <laughs> I, did, wait, did you watch Are You Up on both seasons? Oh, both seasons. I literally watched that in a day. How great. How great is that show? Jimmy oh, wants to hear it. Well, you have to have Disney Plus, the right? The whole vibe. I'm in love. I'm in love with Baby Yoda. I'm in love with Baby Yoda. The whole the whole Mandalorian warrior vibe, man. I love it. Freaking love it's it. It's such a good show. It's such a good show that. And, and what about the episodes with Bill Burr? That's Jimmy's friend. Yeah. And I'm a, oh no way. A, I know Bill for many many years. Yeah, I love him. Um, he's great. Yeah, he's great. But I, I won't see him in that. <laughs> Jimmy's anti fun. Jimmy <laughs> likes to watch Ozzy Osbourne and be like this. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, just don't vibe with. It. I don't. That's not my thing. Okay, so you watched The Mandalorian, and uh, is that the only thing you've 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 binge watched? Because binge watching is kind of amazing. Anything that's episodic now, that's week after week, just loses me. I need to be able to watch it all at once. You have to watch. That's that's number one. You got to watch that, and then yes. you have to watch uh, Stranger Things. Of course, Stranger oh, Things. That's yeah, season got one. Eighties yeah. vibe. You know. I love it. Season love one it. was good. It was. It, I season two. I think I started and just got distracted. And I'm kind of starting Fargo season three now, but I, I liked Stranger Things, but it felt like it was a show for younger people. It's like I'm watching, have you watched uh, yeah. Cobra Kai? Oh, dude, no, have I, I watched watch Cobra Kai. Yeah. I was I freaking Johnny for, for Halloween. Oh, you were? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Blonde hair. I had, I had the headband on, I had the suit, the whole get up. I love the whole, I love the way they made that twist of the bed. Now, Johnny, yeah. they really, Johnny. I'm on team John. Yeah, he's the more yeah, me too. empathetic. 100%. Yeah, Daniel's kind of annoying. Um, <laughs> Miyagi Doe, what a goody two shoes. Yeah, he's kind of bugging me. I read he's this bugging. thing. I watched this thing where 
it was actually uh, Johnny was the one being bullied and in the actual movies. And uh, Danny yeah. was the actual bullying. Because remember, he was the one that was going after his girlfriend, knowing that he was dating this chick. He was like spraying, like he was the actual bully. I don't know. You have to like. I've seen I don't that. Know. Look it up. It, it, have it, you seen that? It, it's very funny. It's a. It, and I think that was kind of what might have sparked even the idea for Cobra Kai. It was this viral video where a guy made. He totally flipped it and he made it look like Daniel was the was the, yeah the bully and poor Johnny was just this innocent guy. And uh, you know, in the original movie, Johnny was a dick. And but they flipped it. It's it's really brilliant. And I think that was almost what inspired people to uh really yeah i think so yeah well it makes sense i mean it makes sense to be honest with you it, it really did and that's where it got me i was like man this actually makes sense like he was actually the one being bullied johnny was you know who's a real dipshit in that movie who nobody ever attacks him and i think he should get attacked is the kid in the same complex as as uh ralph maggio what yeah daniel's like yeah come to this party tonight then daniel gets his ass kicked and the kid's like the guy's like, yeah, nice friend there, pal. And he's like, he looks at him, he's just like, I'm leaving. And he just leaves him in the, the sand. That kid. Somebody he should get his ass kicked. What's up? Hey, how are you? What's up? There he is. Mr. Thompson, how are you? You look at you. You do not age. You look good. <laughs> what's this? What's the sweatshirt? Who's on the sweatshirt? It's 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 me. It's it's, old... he's, he's a proud. Proud oh, dad. okay, nice, very nice. Old Wonder Boy shirt, old Wonder Boy shirt. Awesome. He wants to say what's up, so yeah. Hey, Mr. Hello. Thompson, Mr. Thompson, any other stories of giving guys wedgies in the army or anything that we should know? <laughs> he said, any more stories of you giving wedgies guys in the army? <laughs> oh, he's on, there's Mr. a lot Thompson. more where those come from. Uh, we got it. We got to get him back on the show at some point uh, to go over some more. A hundred more stories. Hey, I heard Chris Wyman was out. He's out visiting you guys a bunch now. Yeah, he is. He's in. Uh, he's in um, Fort Mill, which is about an hour and forty-five minutes away. So he's in between us and Charlotte. He's got family in Charlotte, family in Greenville. So he's been coming up and get some training in with us, and uh, he helped me out with this camp for sure. Uh, yeah. So it's he's uh, the best you. training partner. The best training partner. What did you find out? Oh. You were going. You guys are doing five rounds, right? Oh uh, yeah. Well, even if even though I fight, like if I'm preparing for a three five minute round fight, I still do those championship rounds. I still train for those. You will. It just just for my just for my for my uh, uh, confidence level, you know, for my mind, it's just easier uh, to know that if I can do five five minute rounds nonstop, then the three fives will be easy. Right. Well, that works out in a case like this. And how soon did they tell you that you're doing the the five rounds? Uh, it was like it was what maybe like a month ago that we found out that we were a main event. Maybe less. Okay, why was well, why was Jeff Neal? He hasn't fought since December of twenty nineteen. What was he at? Was he injured? I think he was like almost died for oh, something. That, that's I, right. I You're right. He was sick. Yep, he did. He was. At I don't know if it was an infection. Yeah, it was in his, was it his heart? Or, I, I forget what. Well, I don't want to. Spark, I, I I remember that. You're right. He was in the hospital. And he was very sick for a while. And he dropped it. Yeah, I, I, I think it might have been his heart. Yeah. I think it might have been something, had something to do with his heart. But he was out for a year, and so have I. So this makes sense. Oh, and why were you out for the year exactly? What happened? Uh, well, I I fought at Madison Square Garden against Mister oh, yeah. Luque. That's wild, yeah. brother. I ended up breaking both my hands, right. and then and then the whole pandemic happened, and then oh, yeah. I was helping Chris Wyman get ready for his fight, and he ends yeah. up picking me up and dumping me on my head, and I end up. Tearing some cartilage in my car collarbone. You just so the same kind of great partner. Yeah, great partner. <laughs> I know. What a bully the best that guy. Partner. Tore your limber. What do you do? What? 
<laughs> in the in the cartilage in the I uh, ended up tearing the cartilage in, yeah in my collarbone how long the healing is that i don't know man it, it was giving me a problem for like a month and a half uh because you know for me I'm, I'm always training punching kicking all that good stuff so i had to stop with the punches stop with the wrestling stop with the jujitsu and just focus on my kicks because it would just took forever for it to heal up so and the, the doc didn't want me to do a whole lot because where the cartilage cartilage tore right behind it there's a bunch of arteries that kind of like like directly behind it so if, if anything happened and that collarbone ended up jabbing into those arteries I would, I would be done for so the doc didn't want me doing a whole lot and you said that you we i think we i'm not sure we've talked to you since you broke both your hands i, I kind of vaguely remember discussing that did you break both of them within like how long of each other and uh, did you know they were both broken Oh, 100%. I think it, one of them was in the first round and the other one was in the second round. And then I remember, I just remember going back and be like, yo, you know, Pops, my hands are broken. And he's just like, you know, hitting with him anyway. And uh, so that's what I did. It was funny because after the fight, everybody's like, dude, you had him finished. Why couldn't you finish him in the third round? And I was like, I was trying to hit this guy as hard as I could, but it was like my body wouldn't let me do it. Wouldn't let you. You know, wouldn't let me hit him as hard as I could. It was weird. It was such, it was such a weird thing. But you know, when your adrenaline's going like that and you actually feel an injury, you know, you know, it's pretty, it's pretty bad. When you can feel it even with the adrenaline. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Happened the same thing with me at, back at Madison Square Garden at UFC 217 when I fought George Mazidal. Ended up breaking both my thumbs and I felt that as well. Jesus, man. Good thing you got magical feet. Yeah. You put those <laughs> yeah. And great movement. Right. And a good thing you have your father in the corner because that's the difference where you fall, you say, Dad, I got two broken hands. He goes, hit him anyway. And if you're like a little Jimmy bird, he would just faint. Yeah. Oh, I know. He'd be done. Yeah, I broke my arm, Jimmy. <laughs> I would probably say avoid using them. Uh, put your hands behind your back. Put them by your side. Protect. Yeah, I would give you shit advice. I'm, I'm not good in a corner. <laughs> <laughs> no, you wouldn't, Jimmy. You would say hit him with him anyway. Come on now. Now, what part Come of your on. hand was broken? The same part on both or, or, or what part was broken? Nope. Uh, with my left hand, it was, you can actually see it. Which, which knuckle's shorter, right? I broke this one. Oh, uh, wait, I don't know if you can see. I broke the, uh, the second one from the pinky, the one next to the pinky. Okay, okay, yeah. Boxers, yep. that, right? And then in my right hand, it was my index finger knuckle. I felt it just shove back into my hand. Wow. <laughs> yeah, ended up, I mean, Vicente, Number one, he's a tough opponent, but he's yeah. got a melon on him. He's got a he's got a head, and guys with big heads, man, got hard heads, yeah. hard to finish. So I kept I, I I freaking broke him in the in the first and second round. And what do you think about Jeff Neal? Jeff Neal has looked very good. Uh, his last fight, I think, was against Perry, if I'm remembering correctly. Was that his last fight, Mike? Yeah, Perry? yeah. I think he finished him in the first round. Yeah, right? he did. Very, very ferocious TKO. Yeah. But he's tough, man. And very similar, I believe, to Vicente Luque. Uh, very good boxing. He keeps his right side forward, likes to throw his left hand. And, and he stays in position very well. Um, he's well-rounded, so I know he's been working on his wrestling, maybe his clinch work. I think that's the only way I feel that he could win this fight is if he closes the gap and, and tries to get me up against the cage. So one of the reasons it's good to have Chris Weidman fairly close to you to kind of work that clinch, work, work your wrestling. Um, so he's, he's tough, man. He's been finished some dudes on a five fight winning streak right now, undefeated in the UFC. So definitely looking for a war for sure. Wonderboy, why did, and this is one of your best tools and I absolutely love it, love it. And it's so underused. 
your sidekick. I don't feel not not in the use by you. I'm saying in in the game. I feel that not enough guys are using the sidekick effectively. It is so you use it just it's masterful. I love your sidekick. Best Thank in the you. game. <laughs> don't you feel for offense and defense? Not to yeah. mention stuff that would spin off of it when you. I how come? I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm loving the new uh, calf kicks, and it's all great. The sidekick is an underused tool in MMA. Why do you think more guys aren't using it? I'm sure well, it's still you have to acquire, but everything is. I think I, I think it's because you know the lead leg throwing the lead leg is difficult for people. They're they're so used to throwing the back leg roundhouse, um, you know that Muay Thai, uh, yeah. um, you know style. The lead leg is hard to develop. It's very difficult. It takes, it takes a long time to develop and get good with it. And, I mean, you got guys like uh, uh, Holland. I think he, he likes to throw the psychic. Very few people out there throw it. But it's, it's just, like, I, I agree with you. It's so underrated and so unused. And it's, a, it's an amazing tool. I've been doing it since I was, you know, at a young age. And I can, I can use it as a jab, right? I can use it also yeah. offensively, defensively. I can change it up to make it look like I'm throwing a side kick, but hit you with a hook kick, hit you with a round kick. Exactly. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's just, I think at this point in, in, in time where guys are at that level to where, you know, they're good at the things they, they're good at. And they, I, I guess they don't want to uh, try and develop anything new like, like the sidekick. Cause it does take a lot of, reps and, and, and a lot of time to develop so i don't know man uh, i guess to develop something like that it's going to take a little while it's going to take some time and maybe somebody not in the ufc to develop it and then once they get into the ufc they'll have it right um people are using this the the what it was the, the bleak kick or the knee probe as used yeah. people are using the sidekick i think it's a great tool to use there as well i don't like to do that i don't know man i just feel like i would tear somebody's acl or uh, finish somebody's career because I know I know how long it took me to heal up from uh, an ACL tear. It took me almost three years yeah, to, well, to heal up, and that for me that would be career ending for me at this point. But uh, I love it, man. I love the sidekick. Nah, dude. Yeah. I mean, I'll tell you right now. Every it's, I see it used in almost every one of your fights, and you knock guys off the feet with it. And I believe that's why you and not. The only reason, but like you said, they might think that's a sidekick coming, and then you're coming around and you're catching them with the heel, like you did to uh, poor Jake Ellenberger that time. Yes, yes, I hit him with the sidekick, and then he thought I was going to hit him again with it. I flipped it up, kicked him in the face with a round kick, and I, that was kind of when I knew I kind of had that fight because he just kind of rolled his eyes and threw his hands up. I, I, I knew I broke him in. You know what's great about that? And Jimmy, it's I, I remember like it was yesterday, and I I'm, a, I'm I like Ellenberger. I think he's a solid guy. And a great fighter, but he was just like, but he was he was rolling his eyes about the karate. I'm not I'm not bullshitting. In the pre, you might forget about this. You're such a nice guy. He doesn't hold any grudges. But in the pre-fight thing, he's like, "What's he gonna use his karate?" I switch him, you know. And then he hits him with a fucking spinning heel, like the most he karate him. thing you can throw and knock somebody out with. And he was making fun of karate. I know it, dude. It was. It was it was so perfect, Jimmy. What's it called? The uh, the where the axe kick is that where you uh, that to me is the, is that the way you come up and you put the moment? There's a lot of momentum coming down. There's there's one of those kicks that really is so odd looking to me, and I don't know how it's guys get an ounce of fucking momentum behind it. Is that what it's called? Axe kick. Yes, I, Andy Hook oh. was uh, a master at it. I don't know if you guys remember the old K1 fighter uh, Andy Hook. Yeah. Yes, I do. Look him up. He had an amazing axe kick. He was an old Kyokushin karate guy, and he would do spin hook kicks to the thigh 
and drop people. He did some very unorthodox stuff at the time, uh, but that chick was one of them. I, th- I don't know. I don't What's think I have the Andy Hug. Yeah, I might be. I'm gonna be saying his last name wrong. H U N G. He had died with cancer. He had oh. died of cancer, I believe. Um, it was like he was sick, and then next thing you know, he had like three months to live or something oh, like wow. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, an athlete. I mean, pro athlete just shredded to the T, and yeah, he ended up dying of cancer. Yeah, usually when it's fast like that, I mean, obviously there's no rule. A lot of times pancreatic cancer gets you like that. Like they say, you can't see it until it's like already way into it, and that's why guys oh, yeah. will pop up with that, and then you know, six months later they're dead. That's crazy, man. Yeah. We had one of our karate dads do that. He had like literally had diarrhea for like a week and then went to the doctor and they said, you might want to get everything ready because you have months to live. Wow. Well, now you Imagine that. that. Yeah. I got ass problems. Now you're making me want to go get checked out. <laughs> yeah. You know, my wife's saying, you got to get checked out. I'm in the bathroom every night. Why am I making this about me? Why you got me scared? The whole <laughs> That's ass how it is with health. We hear about somebody getting sick and the first thing is, do I have those? Symptoms. It's, it's it's natural. It's what we do. It's why we look at car accidents. We want to make sure that we're okay. Hundred percent. Yeah. Wow. So the axe kick is hard because you get the momentum. You have to. What what is it? Where you have to like? I don't understand how guys get any. Yeah, yeah. So you bring the leg up and then you drop the back of the heel on top of their collarbone, their their jaw. Jesus. There's there's one fighter out there. I don't remember his name, and I've seen him do some pretty crazy knockouts. Side kicks to the face. He looks like a. I think he's a karate guy. Axe kick dudes in the face. I don't think he's in the UFC but he's a pro and the ax kick is very underrated as well. You can get a lot of momentum. The only thing I worry about it is like somebody getting up underneath it or timing it just right and just dumping you on your head. Right. It's yeah. gotta be fast. It's gotta be fast. But the thing is not a whole lot of guys do those kind of kicks in training. So it's hard to prepare for in the fight. Right. People don't see those coming. No. And I always, I'm always fan. It always looks like like if I threw my leg up, it would just kind of land on someone's. If I God forbid could get that high, it would just sit there with no momentum. I'm like, how do guys know when to? I guess when you hit the top of the swing, you put your. I, I don't know. That's always a fascinating kick to me. I guess you have to have some tremendous hamstring strength, right? right. So it's tremendous. Just doing that kick over and over and over again to develop the speed and power on it. Because, but the axe well, kick is cool. I, I I don't think I have the hamstring flexibility to do it. I think you do though, Jim. I, I think you got it. You'd be surprised. I've had a few yoga people tell me, you're, you're more flexible than I thought. That's as good as it gets with athletics for me. <laughs> now, there's also the uh, the question mark kick, right? That's where you kind of like, where you're going mid and then kind of come up with it a higher. That is also a really, really hard one when I watch it because to, to, uh, to like almost have to pick up the momentum like midway through, it just seems very difficult. You, you definitely have to have some some good hip dexterity to be able to do that right um and i think i think the 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 question mark kick is a a pretty kick to watch yeah if you land it and you get a good knockout oh my gosh unbelievable kick to do uh and it's tricky you know you throw a few front kicks to the body you fake the front kick you just roll it up and roundhouse kick him in the in the jaw in the dome piece and the good old dome piece jimmy yep (laughs) <laughs> hey, hey, Wonder Boy, how's the uh, that beautiful new school you guys opened up? Is that going okay? Oh, my gosh. We are more slammed than ever before. Let that's me tell so, you. That's and, so great. Man. It looks and, so beautiful, that school. My buddy you. Frank Mullis and his, and his daughter, uh, Catherine, uh, Catherine they, they, they visited you recently. Yes, and, they sure did, man. That's so, awesome. I mean, Small world. Well, I don't know if they're living down here. Are they just traveling through or what? Uh, I think they were just traveling through. Okay, got you. Yeah, they're, they're good people, though. You know, Frank Mullis. 
Oh, love you know? him. I love yeah. him, Frank. Yeah, he's a great man. So I, I'm glad the school's doing well. I am. Thank I you. you were so excited when you opened it and you, you gave us that little tour, and that's awesome, man. Well, I appreciate it. You got to come down and check it out, man. Oh, we no, got to get you down. We got to get you down south. As soon as things get a little yeah. bit more friendly with you, we'll have me down there and I'll, I'll spread the Kamora love. Come on, man. We, we, teach no. me. Teach me your way, sir. <laughs> no, listen, I'm so excited for you yeah. this weekend. I'm looking at the whole card and I was just, I couldn't believe each, each, this is a great card, yeah. man. Fantastic card. Thank you. You know, yeah. I'm happy you're inventing it. You know, I can't believe you're only 33. Yeah. You seem like you've been around and you still got years left. This is great. Well, I'm actually 37. The fuck? You Anthony Pettis. That's what I'm talking about. This is what I'm talking about with our producers. Jimmy, <laughs> look at it right now, Jimmy. You tell me what you Hold see. Hold on. Let me check. Look at it. Maybe I'm wrong. Let me see. Maybe I'm wrong. Uh, Wonder Boy Top. Does it have his age here? It has his age on mine. Uh, 33. Yep. I go, oh, you know what? I, Matt is Look at correct. it. What does it say? It, what does it say? I almost threw Matt under the bus and said 37, but it doesn't. It says 33. <laughs> it says I just 33. Sure, but I don't sound silly bringing no, up. you're right. His age of 33 when he's really 37. To my, this, you know what I like about doing this with him on air is this, they're not going to cut this shit out. That's right. Because this, this is unfiltered. So sorry, Wonder Boy is so nice. He'd probably lie about his age just so the producers don't get in trouble. Don't Wonder Boy, you look you, you you don't age though. You look so young. How do you feel? Because you yeah, look I feel young. great. Yeah, you look man. thirty three. Like the way I train, and and you know I don't take a ton of damage. You know, the first time I was knocked out was by Anthony Pettis, and that's the first time I've ever been knocked out. So right. I don't sure. take a lot of damage. Um, so. You know, I feel fine, man. I feel like I'm 25 years old, to be honest with you. You know, I'll be 38 in February and still got still got time on my side. Still got time. Still got spring in your step and look at that head of hair. Look at yeah. you. <laughs> One of the most popular guys in the UFC. Everybody loves you. Um, you're fun to watch. And uh, I'm looking forward to this fight. And I'm happy for you that you got the main event. And Jeff Neal is very tough, as you know. So this is a fight that uh, is an awesome fight. But you fought, you fought, Definitely guys looking forward to it. you fought great wrestlers before. I mean, you went 10 straight rounds with Woodley. I mean, you know, so a guy who can wrestle is not something you can't handle. Exactly. So, you know, the wrestling and stuff we're prepared for wherever the fight goes, we're prepared for. My goal is just to go out there and, and, and give it a hundred percent, you know, win or lose. I, I feel my best if knowing that I go out there and give it my all, give it my best. If I go out there and give it my best and I lose, you know what? I'm going to be smiling at the end of the day. Yeah. Uh, if I go out there and give it my best and I win, you know, awesome. If I go out there and not give it my best, but I still win, that's a good, good time to be disappointed. You know, I just want to, I just want to perform to the best of my abilities and to put on a show for you guys. I never seen this guy in a bad never. mood, Jimmy. Never. I mean, he handled that Anthony Pettis loss like a champ. He was on Twitch laughing, talking about it, goofing about it. <laughs> yeah. Look at, look at that. Sm you can't get that smile off his face. Yeah. I love it. Hey man, listen, talking to you, all man. our best on the boy. You know, we love you. You know, and we'll love be you guys too, man. Love you guys too. I appreciate you guys, and I always love chatting with you. Have a good holiday, always. buddy. We'll talk to you again soon, and uh, and good luck on Saturday. Okay. You got it, fellas. Y'all have a good one. All right, pal. Take care. Take care. Bye bye. Bye. The longest field goal ever attempted is seventy six yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also seventy six yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. 
Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Looking for a new home or you want to save on your current mortgage? Visit rate.com and you could get massive savings with Guaranteed Rate, the official mortgage partner of the UFC. Rates are at a historic lows and you could land that dream home or refinance to potentially cut your current payments in about 15 minutes. Visit rate.com today to get started with Guaranteed Rate. Equal housing lender subject to credit approval. Savings, if any, vary based on a variety of factors. Restrictions apply. Company NMLS ID number 2611. NMLS our first guest i believe now you know scott nelson he's uh scott nelson for well over 20 years so he's he's been around the jiu-jitsu community forever right and uh he had a, a, something called scotty on the mat let's bring him i don't know yeah. if it was a website or something but i know this gentleman a long time and uh i want to catch up with him on the air morning guys can you hear me okay Hello. oh, oh yeah it's a great setup uh-huh thank you scotty what's up what's up How Maddie? You, Long time, scott brother. nelson yeah. scott aka scotty on the mat back in the day yeah still am still am you are oh cheers what are you drinking cheers so some coffee buddy oh you got me the star wars mug oh this is you know what in I florida wars. it's funny you brought that up because jimmy likes this story I was in Florida with my family on like the sponge docks, they call that little creek area. Uh-huh. And they were little bodegas. They just little like, little like a, like a little like a hobby shop. And I saw up on the shelf, this little, this, this, this nice gem of a mug. If you look, that is not the Mandalorian, which you might think it is. Scott. <laughs> that's actually the original. That's that's Boba Boba Fett. Fett. Yeah. And that's him with some other bounty hunters. That's Greedo. Greedo and the other yeah. guy on his head. But let's get back to some <laughs> business. Jimmy, I'm sorry. Jimmy, I know Scott a long time. He's, long he's, not, time. Gonna hang, he's not going to hang up on us. Trust well, me. Well, I want to ask him too. Do you have a great mic set up there. So, do you do a lot of podcasts, or do you do on yourself? Because you have a great setup. Oh, nice actually, uh, my business partner Ed Clay, which also friends with Maddie from back in the day, mm. pro am, yes. <laughs> which yeah, we should sure. talk about. And cool. um, he he has a podcast called the Big Idea Podcast, and so I'm oh. I'm borrowing Ooh. his rig for the day. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, it looks, it looks professional. Idea. Yeah, I think I got the same mic as you, buddy. Scott. <laughs> yes, these are the sure, right? Yes, sir. Yeah. Oh, well, oh, wow. You guys are yeah. sitting there flashing your cocks. Look at my shitty little uh, one. I don't know. It looks, it's all. I got a shitty little cock thing. glows blue. <laughs> it does. Thank you so much. <laughs> I, I think they well, got a pill for that or a shot. Yeah. <laughs> Stay away from the blue balls. Listen, Scotty, yeah. when did we first meet, man? Did we meet in Brazil? When did we meet? No, I, I believe we first met at Ed Clay's Pro-Am, which was like really the very first like super tournament, Abu Dhabi style tournament in America. Um, and I had remember that, uh, Half had talked to Henzo and I told him I was going out there and he's like, Oh, you got to meet Matt. He's fighting and everything. And, um, you know, we found each other. We did that crazy interview 
And, that was uh, in 2000. That was in 2000. Was it? I feel like yeah, it was before the pro, that. The pro, yeah. No, the, the Pro-Ams? It was 2000? Yeah, 100%. Okay. Yeah, it's my first time competing as a black belt. Yeah. You know? But wow. So it's been 20 years. That I know. Yeah, it has crazy. been 20 years, man. Oh, dude, that tournament was unbelievable back in the day, huh? That was. And like, you got was, robbed so hard, it was like heartbreaking. Well, you know, that's you say. Yeah, that's what I say. I don't, I mean, I got the video to prove it, remember? <laughs> Listen, we had such good, man. I, I, it was such a great experience because it was like an Abu, Abu Dhabi. You had everybody in that uh, style, like event. Be like be, Before, wait, no, no, Abu Dhabi was going on. That's correct. It was but the first time like, in America, though, that it was like a huge pro, you know, event with like super, everybody was a, a superstar that was in that tournament. So Dean Lister was in there. Dean Mark Lister, Lehman. Mark Lehman, uh, Garth Taylor, Shaolin, Shaolin Leo Vera, Comprito. Yeah. It's a gi, a jiu-jitsu tournament. Yeah. You know what we're talking about. Yeah. yeah. Uh, where was it? Fought? it was in North Carolina. North Carolina. Yeah. Called the Pro-Ams. Yeah. That's right. That was something else, man. That was a great experience, you know? I Why mean, North really Carolina? Is, is like jiu-jitsu big in North Carolina? Or how do they decide on where to hold an event like that? Well, this was back in the day. I believe it was a very inexpensive, large event. We were expecting oh. a way bigger crowd than we had. Um, the star oh, power was give, sick. Give a little shout out to, to somebody who's a good man. I'm 99% sure that Dan Lambert Got them out of some trouble with that event, man. Dan Lambert's a good guy. Dan Lambert they, did they, help. Yeah, he's an amazing guy. He's done so much behind the scenes for jujitsu, grappling, MMA, everything. You know. Yeah, he helped out a lot, man. He so helped you're still a lot of people. He he really did because that was that that event uh, was costly. Let me ask you, what exactly? How'd you get involved with the with the Lucky Geese? Like well, again, like, like yeah, no, I always I always Lucky. have been. You know. Yeah. um, you remember how it was back in the day, you know, like you had to wait for some guy from Brazil to bring some geese and get overcharged for them and hope that the higher belts left one that was in your size. <laughs> and so that got me down the rabbit hole of wanting to open my own gi company. And, uh, you know, BJ Penn and I used to, he used to go to Brazil more than I did. And he would bring back all these different geese, different brands. And we just used to sit around his house and say, oh, I like this part of this model and this or that one. And so that sent me down the rabbit hole of wanting to create a gi that I wanted to wear. Uh, that was like a little bit more, I don't know if you say American styled, but um, it was like an American brand of gis. And, you know, I went, I moved to Brazil. I lived in Brazil three years. Uh, you know that we saw each other down there and, and uh, I uh, started going to all the gi factories there and taking pictures on my camera phone. No one had a camera phone back then. And, uh, no one knew I spoke down. Portuguese, so I could just sit there, a little white gringo boy, and Scott, absorb didn't info. You live down there? Didn't you live down there? For yeah, I lived there for three years, back and forth for like seven. Did you ever catch them? Because uh, I've been to Brazil three times, and I, I speak no Portuguese. Uh-huh. Uh, por favor, and obrigado, when the girl's ready to leave. Uh, that's all I can remember. <laughs> that's all you need. <laughs> Did you uh, ever catch them uh, talking shit, or you ever catch Always. guys? All oh, you would. <laughs> all the time. <laughs> Yeah, all the time. It's funny. Last night I was telling a story. One time I was in a line. Like it's weird how you check out at restaurants and bars, and in uh, you have to go to like a pay line instead of paying your waiter. And uh, one time there was this these two guys like talking all kinds of crap about gringos and everything. And I just turned around to them in Portuguese, and I was like, "Hey, there's gringos that speak Portuguese, and there's gringos that can fight. So what's up?" You know? <laughs> and like they were like, oh. uh, so. Did they know? It. Were they talking about you? 
Yeah, they were talking about me and my table and stuff. Ah, uh, you gotta be helping you with the girls too, no? Oh man, the girls in Brazil—that that's what got me in so much trouble down there. Yeah. So I was on the cover impressed. of the newspaper with the title "Yankee Conquistador" over my head, and and Gracie oh. Magazine wrote an article about me picking up all these Brazilian girls. Um, oh, did he really? Oh yeah, you know, oh, you didn't know about that drama? Yeah, I had people come into my house. That's, that's drama. Why is that drama? Why? Man, because it was kind of written like in a negative way, you know, it wasn't really presented in a positive way. And uh, the newspaper picked it up, a radio station and a TV station. And I'm the human glow stick in Brazil, you know, like I stand uh, you, out like, everywhere. And I'm trying to, what is it saying about you that you're a coxman? Pretty much, you know, they're like, because I wrote an article on, on the mat um, back in the day about how to meet and pick up Brazilian girls and so that went viral before going now, viral was a thing. Can I ask you now about that article? Sure. Where would, now listen, I'm a married guy, but let's say, I'm not, where would one acquire that? Where would someone get the article? If they wanted to, if they wanted to read up on yeah. it. It's still on onthemat.com. <laughs> uh, type in like, um, I don't know, on the mat, how to pick up girls in Brazil or something like that. It and, should come up. And what do you what do you do? You got some like cute little rhymes? What do you do? What do you go yeah, to? Yeah, kind of, it was very, it was very innocent, very joking. And it was just like, hey, you got to learn a little bit of Portuguese in order to show that you're making an effort. Here's some funny things that I use that I say in Portuguese. And here's all the nightclubs that I like to go to. Um, and it just expel a little bit. Monte Carlo. Those are, those are my favorite places. Oh, that's, those are a different type. Those are different. I heard help's gone though. So you. It is gone. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, that was all, that, that's all it really was. You know what I mean? And, but I had a lot of haters. I got a lot of jealousy down there. Um, and it wasn't like, it was all blown out of proportion. You know, I had that big house down there. Uh, the first worlds I lived down there, 17 guys stayed, Americans stayed at my house to compete in the worlds. And after guys compete or come down there to train, they want to go out, they go out, they meet girls, they bring girls back to this penthouse house that I had that was really cheap. And then the guys leave, but the girls stay. And I meet all the girls and I speak Portuguese and, and I'm not hard to pick out in Brazil uh, at all since I'm glow in the dark. And so like I would go to the clubs and all these groups of girls would know me, but it wasn't necessarily that I hooked up with them, but some other guy from right. you know, whoever school came down and, and was training and met them. And then I met them doing some translating or something like that. And man, that just really infuriated a lot of guys. Uh, how the many local girls guys that I knew there? Um, also, I grew up, you know, outside New York City and New York a lot, and going to nightclubs in New York. And if you learn how to talk your way into a nightclub in New York, you could talk your way into a nightclub anywhere in the world. Uh, right. So really quickly, I figured out a system to getting in these clubs. And then Wait, can I ask you, how do you get in? Because I'm the guy. I'm guy who stands out there hoping someone noticed and never gets noticed. I never get into clubs. How, what, what's a way to get into a club? Well, I mean, the thing from jujitsu, you know, the thing that I found in the, in the U.S. is different than Brazil, but in, in the in U.S. is like, come on, man, every bouncer guy, every door guy, they, they're either training, they're a fan, you know, so you just kind of walk up and be friendly and everything. I usually grab them by the arm, like, oh, you look like you work out, man. You train? What's up? Where do you train at? <laughs> just start talking, talking the game there and and um, I always try to grab a couple girls from line and, and say, hey, I got these girls with me. Like, what's up? Let me in. What do I got to do to get in? I can't picture that working with Jimmy. 
No. Jimmy's going to get cracked. The second he goes up, it starts feeling the guy's arm. Yeah. Why well, <laughs> he got big arms? Oh, he'll let the girls in. Yeah. Punch me in the mouth. I mean, having some cauliflower ears, that helps. So. Oh, okay. So basically, Lucky, the name Lucky yeah. is basically, the geese, Lucky, is based on your cock. <laughs> no comment. Is it? Uh, no comment. Is, it, is that what it's based on? You're I mean, it would be called son. skilled. It would be called skilled, not lucky then. And and where are you living now? Oh my God, that's a trick question. So technically, I'm a resident of Puerto Rico. I moved to Puerto Rico about two years ago. Um, oh. But right now, I'm living in San Diego because my, my hospitals and my stem cell clinic are in Tijuana. Uh, so I'm crossing the border, like right after this call, I'm crossing the border to uh, go over to the hospital over there. Jimmy's confused. Do you have a stem cell? Uh, you ha- do you go to one or you're involved in one? Um, no, I, I own one. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So what do you guys, what, the stem cells there, are, is like the, the research harder to do in the U.S. because of certain laws? Yes. Much harder. Yes. It is. America it's- is so behind the time in healthcare. It's frightening. It really is frightening. And like in our system, you know, I don't think doctors are bad people, scientists, like I'm not, I don't believe there's a conspiracy to, you know, do bad things to people, but the system was designed like before we even had computers, right? And it's, so it works on this old, broken, slow, expensive systems. You know, for instance, at my hospital, Chipsa Hospital in, in Mexico, one of the things that we focus on is cancer treatment. And we have a cancer treatment there that costs about $50,000 a month uh, in America. And it's $750 in Mexico. So a lot of the treatments that we do, they're legal in America. They're advanced immunotherapies. Um, but either uh, no one can afford them in America or insurance doesn't pay for them or you, you, you can't get a doctor to write a script for it. So a lot of people come across the border for medical tourism. They're, they're basically fleeing the country to get the health care they need to live. What's the name of the hospital, Chip? What's the name of it again? Name yeah. of the hospital? Uh, Chipsa Hospital. Chipsa. Yeah. Jimmy? That sounds like a great place. Mm-hmm. Chipsa. Come on down. I know. I heard him. I, I thought he said Chipsa. The yeah. word Chip kind of sets Jimmy's me off. Got a, Jimmy's got a good friend named Chip. Chip. But, Chip. but I'm, Chip. I'm fighting Chip. the urge. Uh, the, the stem cells, uh, what is something that they're closed? What are they working on really... Uh, with stem cells that they're not really doing in the States that like that we should be doing in the States? Well, really? Um, okay. First of all, I'm not a doctor. So I got to say that's so my attorney's yeah. happy, but, um, and I might not explain this right. Cause I'm just a fighter guy that loves to help people. So he put some money into a right. hospital, but um, you know, basically um, the step, the types of stem cells that we have access and we can use um, in the United States are like 10, 15 year old technology and the technology has changed, but we can't use it. Um, you know, in the United States. I'm sure there are some doctors that are doing it and working with um, stuff, but, um, you know, now they can kind of program stem cells. Used to be, you know, oh, I got this placental stem cell. It could turn into anything. Well, you know, that's the problem. It could also turn into anything. You're not picking what it's repairing or what you're taking it for. Um, So, and now they can also do, um, you know, expanded stem cells. So it's kind of like growing stem cells. So you, you can... Uh, expand the stem cells. Uh, they, they're also able to make them so that you they're much more usable by your body. Um, you know, before the stem cells, usually they have in the United States, uh, you get a very small absorption rate, a very small amount is actually used by your body. Um, I, don't quote me on numbers, but less than 10% uh, on these new modified stem cells, expanded stem cells is closer to 80, 90%. Uh, percent. So what's the problem though? They they're afraid they're going to be cloning people and stuff. What what is going on here? 
I mean, that's a whole that different rabbit hole to go down. I don't know, but uh, no, no. Well, I mean, why don't they have this in the states, though? Yeah, like with genetic modification. Uh, well, yeah, so, what, what is it? That they object. No, to? I mean, I, I, I don't know the full history, but from what I understand, is like it really it started out because it was coming from placenta and stuff that it upset some <clears throat> religious people, uh, and then, um, but you know, then the other thing is it's it for 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 a, for a drug to become approved in the United States, it costs it takes a long, long time. And it costs a lot, a lot of money. Um, that's the exciting thing about like, in some ways, this COVID vaccine, um, you know, they got it out to market super fast, which is exciting for somebody like me, because, you know, there's cancer drugs out there um, that that have, they're very, very successful. Um, you know, we use, uh, we use some at our hospital, but because the process is so expensive and takes so long, they never make it to market in the United States, but they're available in other parts uh, of the world. So I'm excited that this kind of opens up, you know, people's eyeballs like, hey, you know, there is a way to get an advanced um, treatment to people quicker. We talked about this about, this, about my knees with the stem yeah, cell. Yeah, right. about that. And I was over the weekend, I was with Michael Bisping, and he ha- he's younger than me a little bit, and he has two new knees. Full replacement? And he, he, yeah, two new, yeah, new, two new knee replacements. Wow. And he's doing good. He's saying he, he's going to be he's able to run and all this type of stuff. And yeah. he's not big into jujitsu, but he, he didn't roll yet, I don't think. But uh-huh. that's my biggest thing, Scotty, because I can still roll. Yeah. I still roll. Yeah, we just fixed Eddie Bravo's shoulder and his knee's doing way better too. You know, he was telling me he feels like arthritis. Excuse me? Is bad arthritis in his knees? No, just injuries, you know, like yeah. All right. Well, listen, we don't have to make it about my knee. Bring your knee down, I'll fix it. Yeah, well sh- I, I'll give you a money back guarantee. All right, well, we'll talk about it. Well, until then I'll be probably <laughs> using that lucky geek. There you go. I the thing I like about you is you're still a geek guy. You're like me, man. Well, you know what it is it's slow. I'm not, you know, I'm not doing any barambolos and I'm not doing any kind of fucking weird undressing you guards where yeah, they undress me. Anything with too many moves. I have basically the same game with game with yep. or without the gi. I just like the friction. It, it takes away a lot of the leg locks. Mm-hmm. It really does. <laughs> you can take away, you don't have to get those. It's easier to take away that shit. I and when you get a spaz, you can slow him down. <laughs> so much easier. Slow him down, get his back, strangle him, get cross-eyed, bread cut a choke. I love that it. shit. I love it, man. Well, listen, man. Where can guys? Where can somebody get these? Well, games? I was going to show you one right here. Of course, UFC store. Ooh. I'm super excited that they uh, picked me of all the gi brands. Um, you know, some people think I'm the oldest US gi brand, but I'm not. You know, Howard Kimonos, a couple of these other guys were out here before I was, but um you know, the chance to represent what got me started into the amazing, you know, sport. When we first started, right, it was, it was uh, Valley Tudo and jujitsu was the intro to Valley Tudo. So you started training jujitsu so that you could move into Valley Tudo, which eventually became, you know, MMA. And um, so it's just a little different. Valley Tudo in Portuguese means anything goes, Valley Tudo, Everything's valid. So yeah, no holds barred. We were back in those. I mean, you fought some no holds, real no holds barred back in the day, didn't you? No, I just, no. No. I I mean, I mean, the way there's there's no weight classes, that type of thing. What was that old event out of like Long Island or something? Vanderbilt. Yeah, that you used to play in. Guys like myself, uh, Phil Baroni mm-hmm. came from there. Now it's called the Ring of oh, Combat. Ring of Combat. So yeah. a lot of guys see him, you know, owners, Lou Neglia. Oh, Lou, that's Long. his name. I was going to say, I thought it was Lou, but I wasn't Lou right. Neglia. Is he still yeah. around? Is he still doing stuff? He's still around. He's the, he, uh, the Ring of Combat. The Ring of Combat 
got had guys come in for everybody from Jim Miller, the Miller brothers, Frankie Edgar, uh, you know, all, all, all a lot East Coast fighters. That's where they cut their teeth. Yeah. From, you know what I mean? So, well, you got yours, right? You got yours. You try it on yet? Sure it came out. I, I have mine. I did not wear yeah. it yet. A lot of people, I, I guess, are just there. planning on framing them. But I'll wear yeah, it, it, please. They're designed for right. combat for everything. So It looks comfortable, Put it on man. Jimmy and give him a little choke. It. I know he likes to get choked up. Yeah. I, you yeah. know, it's funny. I, I really want to... I just started taking a little bit of uh, kickboxing before the pandemic. I finally started. I, I loved it. So jujitsu is like, as soon as things are back to normal, probably maybe March or something, when things start opening a little bit, I, I, that's the next phase I want to start. Is everything closed things. down there for you guys too? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it sucks. It's yeah, sucks. It, it, it's, it, we're going to get course. to it. I like sure. the well, one of the things that we're doing right personal. now at our hospital, because we weren't allowed to see cancer patients is, um, you know, who would ever thought a hospital would close down in a health crisis. But um, now we're, t have you ever heard of COVID long haulers? Like these people that get COVID and they stay sick for months and months. And it turns oh, out yeah. some of our treatments, the stem cells, uh, NAD, oxygen therapy, IV ozone. Um, so we've really shifted gears with the hospital. And I don't know if I told you this, Matt, but Ed Clay, you know, he's my business partner. Uh, in the hospital yeah, as well. And um, so, you know, trying to help those people out and, uh, you know, get them healthy with all their lung issues, cardiac issues, brain, a lot of brain frog for people that had COVID. So it's the new normal, man. Right. They, it's, you, 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 you think it, you're thinking it's like cloudy for a long time, right? You just can't get your thoughts. Yeah. The brain fog is a, is a big one. I think that uh, is kind of, a yeah, I was just looking at, um, I don't know which hospital it was, but uh, I was just looking at a hospital talking about how they think that it could become a major health crisis uh, for us here uh, all over the world, actually. But they were talking about the U.S. because as the cases go up, people are getting sick. You know, some people are getting healthy and getting right back to normal. Other people are having some really long term weird side effects, uh, being tired, brain fog and, and lung issues seem to be the main ones. And. Uh, luckily for us, those are all things that we are already currently working with. So we've started to support those people and and uh, treat those people at the hospital. Where is your hospital? It, it's in, uh, I know it's in Mexico, but where? So we're right over the border, just south of Tijuana uh, on the on the beach. It's a beautiful spot right there on the beach. It's not what, you know, people always ask me, like, aren't you scared living in Tijuana? And I'm like, I lived in Brazil and Rio, you know, are you kidding me? <laughs> Yeah. But, uh, you know, it's, it's past. It's, you know, you don't even drive through TJ when you get there. It's about 15, 20 minutes from the border. It's right on the beach. Beautiful spot. And um, it's a very chill little medical tourism town. Oh, you were in Rio. Okay. Yeah. Cause uh, that, that's, uh, I, that's the only place I went to in Brazil. And it, it's, uh, there's some, it was beautiful, oh, yes. but then there's certain areas, favelas, you kind it of, it could be dangerous. You stay out of very dangerous. Yeah. yeah. We, we, I didn't spend any time there, but it, but it is, you realize like, wow, I don't know the culture here and I don't know what to look at. You know, it, it can be a problem if you don't know what you're doing. And I think it's like anywhere. I mean, New York back in the eighties, you go down the wrong neighborhood, <laughs> it, you right. could be in trouble. So. And Jimmy, I'll, I'll ask, I mean, well, I'll ask for a friend. It's not for Jimmy. Uh, those stem cells, what could they do for your cock? If you got like shot uh, in the cock, could you actually, could, yeah, you, we have a doctor that works with us. His name's uh, Dr. Dick Grower. And um, you can, oh, ED geez. can be fixed. And uh, yes, you can add uh, both uh, length and girth uh, using stem cells, uh, ozone and PRP. Listen, PRP I've done. 
I've done the PRP where I just, it, it was just uh, where they, I've done the shock, those waves, like the electric uh -huh. waves. The, 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 there's a, there's treatments you can go in for where they do this thing where they hit you with uh, these shock waves in a way on the back mm -hmm. of your dick. Excuse and me, Jimmy. Did a doctor or a dominatrix? Madam, what's her name? Is this a dominatrix? We walk in and you're, you're, yeah, your nurse is dressed like a gimp and uh, she shocks your dick. No, but the, then they do PRP as one of the treatments yeah. as well. It's, it, it, I, I, I had to throw up once when I did it because it was the idea of it was right. so... It hurt, but I've done it a couple of times. It does actually. I haven't help. tried it, but hey, you know, Matt, bring your knee. Jimmy, bring your unit, and um, <laughs> I got both you guys on the house. No problem. I'm happy to support you in uh, both your areas of issues. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks. Imagine I went in there for the knees. I'm like, listen, while I'm down here, just you know, yeah. why don't we do something my my con mm -hmm. a little bit? And then all of a sudden, maybe they read it wrong and they like decreased mm -hmm. it. And I walk out with a tiny penis. I'm like, ah, that'd be horrible. I, come it's on, like we would never do that. Yeah, come on. That's some other hospital. Yeah, ships though. Yes, and nature's already done that to me. So I'm not worried about anybody shaking my dick. <laughs> Scotty, I am so happy yeah. to see somebody from the old old school that is doing Thank well, you, and uh, that makes me yeah. happy because, as you know, there's lots of casualties in this no game. No kidding, yeah. man. And uh, I like to see you still, you know, you're still at it. The last time I probably seen you was after I got the title. You took care of me in LA. I was doing some kind of show yeah. or something. I don't even I do, remember Yeah, this. yeah, we were hanging out. Yeah. Do you remember this? We went, uh -huh. hung out. We've always know? had great times yeah. hanging out. You know, you've always, always let do. me. One of the craziest stories was when I came to Long Island to train at your gym with that girl and two of your police officer guys pulled me over, pulled me to the side of the class at the end of the class. They're like, what are you doing with that girl? I'm like, Oh, I met her in New Orleans and she lived in New York. So I saw I was close to Maddie's while I'm here training. I might as well hook up. And they were like, uh, yeah, her, uh, her boyfriend's like this mob guy who's in jail. You should probably leave her alone and everything. I was like, what's going on? You know, so Scotty's got a wild yeah. life. It's always yeah. been like that. He's always had these stories from Brazil. Mm -hmm. from he visits me. And he's I don't know how <laughs> I always get myself in these crazy situations, but. And and now Puerto Rico, do you just like living somewhere warm? You just you just hate the cold. I, that is true. I'm in oh, San Diego, and it already feels cold. But you know, we had a business mentor who is the president of the University of Puerto Rico, and they had a bunch of closed down hospitals um, from Maria, and the university owned most of them. So we went down there originally working to try to op reopen some of the hospitals in a cancer center that they have. Um, but it also turns out if you're a Puerto Rican resident. Uh, the taxes are unbelievable. So, you know, taxes are about four. Well, John Danaher and the whole John Danaher. I, I talked to him. I've been, I've been egging them on to go and Mo from Abu Dhabi's down there. Excuse me. Where are they? Where are they they're, located? Near you they're in uh, what's a, area, a neighborhood called Dorado, which is out by the Ritz Carlton. It's very, very beautiful. I live in Ocean Park, which is in the city. It's a little private neighborhood in San Juan on the beach. Uh, but also very beautiful. You're welcome to come down. I got a house there. Bring the family. It's just wait for this crazy oh, lockdown nice. to be over. And yeah. yeah, I'm happy that Johnny and I moved down. Oh my God, they're going to save so much money. They don't even know. <laughs> The first time you get your taxes down there, you're like, is this even legal? Like, I felt like it's I was crazy, doing something right? wrong, but. Yeah. Wow. And the cost of living yeah. is decent down there? No, it's, it's, uh, there's a wide range. You know, you can live as cheap as you want, but also uh, they have more um, 
what they call ultra wealthy people living in Puerto Rico than anywhere else in the U.S. So one of the best thing, my favorite thing is, uh, you know, there's this place called Numero Uno Beach House that we all, all go hang out at. And you could sit down, there could be three or four billionaires just having their coffee, chilling. Uh, so you get to network a lot. I've learned a lot. I've made some really, really valuable mentor contacts down there. Everybody kite surfs. That's the big kind of billionaire, millionaire sport down there. Um, so been kite surfing and wow, those guys don't like jujitsu as much. They get, they get scared of us. All right. I don't know why I'm old. (laughs) I can't beat anybody up. I got a broken back, broken everything, you know? So how'd you break your back, man? I was wrestling with, uh, Daryl Golar and those guys down at Casa do Carlos, you know, that famous little spot where Victor hurt his elbow back in the day at the window. And, um, I got slammed by this guy from top team and I thought I just broke my ribs, but it turned out I had fractured my back and I kept training on it. And uh, eventually I blew the disc out Four fractures, had to have back surgery. I've got to limp around my knees, the back stuff. Oh man. It's, it's, uh, it took me out for eight months. I couldn't walk for eight months. Yeah. You can't get comfortable laying down. I mean, I've strained my back and you can't do anything without your back. It's still, I still have, we have some really good stuff at the hospital. It's helped it out a lot, but yeah, I mean, I have no disc in my back, so it's bone on bone. You know, it really starts to hurt. Yeah, shit, man. Well, then hang up with us and and go put some stuff in your back. Scotty, man. (laughs) I miss you, man. I'm happy you're doing well, bro. I appreciate this. What else do you want to plug? Man, you know, just uh, uh, I want to promote this uniform. I want to thank Dana White, uh, my friends, uh, Eric and Brandon, the guys that work over at UFC for thinking of me when they started this project. It's a real honor to be, you know, the first outside company that's picked to do a collab. Um, You know, I'm going to meet Hoist on Saturday to give him his gi, which is cool because, you know, he's Hoist Gracie, man. He was the first guy I ever saw do this. It was because of him. I, I signed up and started training uh, jiu-jitsu back in like 95 or something like that 94 um so you know that's cool of course the hospital if anybody out there looking for stem cells cancer treatment any issues with long haulers uh autoimmune issues it's chipsahospital.org c-h-i-p-s-a hospital.org and uh please and i like when you say that that, ching- that that jingle from your back to your dick it's chips right <laughs> from your like back that. to your dick oh. we got stuff we'll fix at chips uh at chips uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, like yeah. yeah all right stem cells for all occasions go. lucky bees yeah you're the man, man scotty the man. good talking yeah, to, you, hope to see you guys soon and if you ever need anything, anybody out there needs some support from us, I'm happy to take care of all of us old broken fighters. Thanks, man. You got it, brother. Take care, Scott. Later, brother. All right. Peace, you guys. Love you guys much. Thank you. All right. Take care, Scott. Be good. Listen, let's talk about some fights. Let's do that. Um, okay. Let's start with Thompson and Jeff Neal. I'm going with you. Oh, well, start from the What do you want to start with Pettis? We can start with Pettis. Now, you're taking Pettis by what? Second round TKO? Second round TKO, yeah. I think Pettis is – I just like the way he sounded today. I really did. I'm going to take you Pettis know? by decision. Okay. I like your style. Okay. Uh, I'm taking Julian Robinson. Robertson, yes. Yes, Robinson. How are you taking uh, The Savage. She's, she's tough. And I love her jiu-jitsu. I'm going to say – I'm going to say by decision. Second round submission. I like your style, man. I like your style. Um, okay, let's move it along. Uh, oh, yeah, this is an interesting fight. Marcin Tabora versus Greg. Uh, excuse me. Okay. <laughs> and I like Greg Hardy. I, I like Greg Hardy. 
I do. I do too. I do like him. But uh, I'll tell you right now, Tabora by decision. Yeah. I, I listen to me. I'm sorry, but I said it. I got to agree right? with you. Well, you listen. You don't have to. I'm going to agree. Okay. Yep. Okay. Rob Font versus all oh, this. Marlon is, Rice this is, is a great fight. This is wild, man. Yeah. This is Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Rob Font by decision. I'm going to take... Rob Font's no joke, No, man. I'm going to take Font, but I'm going to go by a second round stoppage. And I like... But, ooh. Right. Jimmy. Ballsy. Marlon is... Marlon is a beast. You know? He's coming up with a tough fight with Corey Sanhagen, though. And, uh, and I think Rob Font is an underrated guy. You know? Yeah. He's coming off some wins now. And... Uh, you know, he, he fought, you know, talented guys like, you know, Sergio Pettis. He's got that last decision win over Simon. Uh, I'm going with Rob Font on this. The next fight's very interesting, Jimmy. Chaos Williams against Michelle Pajeda. Yes. Uh, wow, I, I, Jimmy. Michelle Pajeda gets into people's heads a little bit, and I think he frustrates guys, and he, um, I think he's very, <laughs> psychologically, he's very good as well as being physically a good fighter, obviously. Chaos is straight up chaos. Yes, he is. What about the this, this business he uh his last fight <laughs> dude when he was just staring through the cage at razak uh allison hassan pronounce that last name awesome awesome uh that guy that guy's a beast razak's a beast and uh he went in there and knocked him out in 30 seconds and he and the fight before that was 21 se- 27 seconds yep. he's uh, a guy that means business having said that and this is a guy that at first I was a little bit not crazy about because he was, I called him a back flipping silly right. man. I don't, I'm a fan. I like his wild stuff. I like this last fight when the opponent gave him like a smack at the weigh-in. They had a little, a little something go on and he smacked his face. So during the fight, I remember he was pointing to his hand. He had the, he had the skill enough to give this guy some open hand smacks. Yeah. Smacked him back. And he won. Oh, Michael Pereira, you won me over when you did that. And now I got to root for you. And that's what I'm doing. I'm not, it's not that I'm rooting for him. It's that I think that he's going to okay. win. And I'm going to say, I mean, Chaos Williams is a beast. But I'm going to say it's going to come down to the, uh, I'm going to say in the second round, he's going to find something that's going to land maybe a shin across the face or something. And Michael Pereira is going to have his way. Okay. Second round, second round stoppage. Chaos Williams. First round stoppage. Yeah. Third round stoppage. You know what? He's had two first ones in a row. He's not going to do it. You said what? Second round or third? What'd you say? Third round. Because I was going to say chaos in the first round. Because, I, But then I'm like, you know what? His, his other two, uh, you're not going to get three in a row in the first round, I don't think. I mean, then again, Ngannou would tell me to shut my fucking mouth. Uh, but I, I, I think it's going to be, uh, I'll take chaos in the third round. It wouldn't surprise me if he did it in the first round, but. He's gonna win. Each fight, each fight is more exciting than the next. I'm so Jose excited. Aldo, Marlon Vera. This is also an extremely exciting fight. This is uh Cheeto's first fight after his uh win over uh Sean O'Malley. And uh I think Jose is coming off three straight losses to uh Piotr Jan yeah, looked, and Marlon Moraes. He, he looked good in each one of them. He though. did look very good. Yeah. yeah. I'm taking I am a Marlon, I'm, I'm a fan of both, yeah. but I'm a Marlon Cheeto Vera fan. And I think that this is his time. I'm going to say Marlon by third round stoppage. Um, Marlon by decision. I will take Marlon Vera 
Second round stoppage. Ooh. Yeah. Second round stoppage. Jimmy. And now, Wonder Boy, and Jeff Neal, main event. Wonder Boy decision. I've taken the same thing because I think that Neal, I think Neal can knock anybody in the division out. I think he's he's, he's a, a very, very uh, strong. He's obviously a good wrestler. But I think that uh, Wonder Boy is just so good at staying away from people. And he's so good at frustrating people. And he is so good at, at, at getting out of the way. Um, I think he can he can do that, and I think he wins by decision. I did I mention that I I like his um, sidekick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, I'm a big fan. I'm a listen. I'm excited. I'm excited for this weekend. One fight I want to mention. There's, I mean, Roberson's fighting. Deron Wynn is fighting. I mean, there's some great fights. Um, oh, uh, Tafan the Don Chukwi. Against Jamie Pickett, uh, Tafan is a fun guy to watch on social media. He's like a thick uh, middleweight, very very fun guy to watch. Um, oh yeah, he sings Tafan's a lot. Fun. I thought of you on Instagram. What's that on Instagram or on, just Twitter? No, what is his Instagram? Um, t- just Google Tafan uh, Chukwi. It's N C H U K W I. Um, I don't know exactly what his, what the handle was, but I was looking at his tweets and he loves to sing. Just like me. This guy loves to fucking belt out a tune. So, uh, really? and, he's, and he's a very, very solid fighter. Yes. So he's, I think he's four and if I'm remembering correctly. Um, Are you bringing this up because somebody wants a little song? No, what I was saying was that we should, uh, not this episode, but if he wins, because we you know we, yeah. Every day I'm hustling. Every day I hustle. That's all I'm gonna say for okay. now, Jimmy. Man, do I miss I you? Miss you, pal. When am I? Listen, I know you had. If you had to rate, and I know that sometimes the first time is is, a, is really fun, and it, you forget about like so you get used to somebody and say, and you like just get used to them and you take it sure. You have as much fun on this episode as you did the last one. Be totally honest with me. Be honest though, Jimmy. If you're not honest, if you're just gonna say yes and just be honest with me, did you have as much fun as you had with Forrest Griffin? I mean, look. Here's the difference. This is my marriage. This is my marriage. So the marriage has a familiar watch a movie under the Afghan feeling that I love. Once in a while, Forrest is basically the big titted stripper that ran in and threw me an incredible bang and then ran out. So it's hard to say they're different things. He's a whore. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Forrest. Forrest, oh, you're not a whore. I well, he'd love probably you. agree with Forrest. that. He'd probably you know, go, all right, yeah, that's fair. Well, I'll take it. No, Forrest is easily that guy. Jimmy, you're the fucking best. Good to see you, buddy. I'm going to watch the fights this yes. weekend. Oh, it's 7. Oh, the, main, the prelims are at 4 p.m. Yeah. Eastern on ESPN+. And the main card is 7 yeah. p.m. Yeah, nice early night if you want to watch. Yep. I can't wait, Jimmy. And I will be testing you during. Hey, listen, my little bird, if you dress warm, if you go out in that little snowstorm. Oh, I will. Later. I'm going to be very, very careful. I'll talk All to right. you soon, pal. Talk to you soon. Bye, everyone. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.
If a friend asks how you're doing and you say, I'm okay. When the truth is, I don't want my problems to burden anyone. Or you say, Hang it in there. Because if I ask for help, they'll just think I'm weak. Then this is your sign to call, text, or chat. 988 for free confidential support. Anytime. You don't have to hide how you feel. 